Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of So How'd You Get Here? I'm one of your co-hosts, Angelo. And I'm Tony. Hey, how you doing today? Uh, if you're tuning in to our podcast for the first time, either on YouTube or all of the uh, digital platforms, we are a show that dives into backstories. Uh, everybody starts somewhere, and we kind of want to know where that is and how'd you get here? Uh, or, or if you got there. Or if you got yeah. there at all. That's yeah. also good. So today I'm going to introduce my good friend. She is a stunt woman, a director. Uh, she's a mom. I think a super mom. Video game nerd hero. You've done tons of VR capture. You've even gotten me work. Um, so this is all about sucking up to you today yeah, so cool. you can exactly. hire Perfect. us back for some more stuff. Okay. I'd like to introduce out there on the table. my yeah. very good friend, America Young. How you doing? Hey, how are you? I was thinking how funny it would be because you're talking about how did you get here if you cut to me and there's just no one here. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, that That'd answers that question. Yeah. She well, never got here. Well, Thanks, guys. It was the time. shortest episode. If it doesn't go well, we might just edit you out. <laughs> right. That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. We'll put a teddy bear right there right. and we'll just right. cut to that At teddy bear. At least it's bear. a teddy bear, not something too scary. Thank you for being here. I uh, know it's a Memorial Day Sunday and you have kids and you made it out for an hour. We appreciate your time. Um, I just want to start. Uh, let's just start right off and Dive jump in. in. I know you know how to pitch yourself well. So what, where would you like to start? It's, it's your show right now. Um, I love that you hyped me up so much that you gave me more than one child. So oh. like oh. that, I mean, you're already such a good friend. Yeah, is there something you're you don't, we don't know we that, you, that you know? <laughs> Wait a minute. I have more? <laughs> you are the chil- you, you are mother to all children. Are you my son? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That could would be, be, uh, could that'd be. be a little awkward, but it could happen. It's, it's, it's Hollywood. Yeah, it's true. We'll write a script that makes it, with, explains it with the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. With the thing. And <laughs> time the thing. travel. So Something. Off the rails already. It's always time yeah. travel. It's always time travel. <laughs> yeah. So between Warner Brothers, Lifetime, Netflix, all your accolades, uh, film festivals, directed features, I mean, wh- I don't know where to start. So you, you pick where you want. And then we're just going to. I want to know about like early life. Like, were you always into film? Always like a video game person. I was always into storytelling. Storytelling. Okay. Um, I grew up with that in television, um, but I was always writing plays and and telling stories and d- directing plays as a kid, and um, always involved in storytelling at some in some way. Um, the m- what I was allowed to watch, or what my dad encouraged us watching, were like the old time movies, like the Preston Sturges and the Catherine oh. Hepburn, and oh, yeah, yeah. which is all about story. Yep. I mean, it's truly about story because they didn't have the VFX or the crazy editing and things like that. Right. Um, and I love those movies. I still do. Um, and uh, so I've always loved that stuff, but I always knew that that's not what responsible adults do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, I, I think she just insulted yeah. us a I, little bit. I, uh, I hate to break it to y'all. <laughs> this is not what responsible adults do. Um, even as a kid, I knew that. And so I actually pursued a career in medicine. Oh, wow. Uh, and so... Um, that's right. We've yes. talked about that before. Yeah. Yeah. Pediatrics. Um, well, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. Um, at first, it was I was actually looking at like coroner or CSI or something like that because I figured... Um, you know, when you're, when you're a paleontologist, the worst thing you can do is get a pulse, right? Right. So, um, that's kind of where I was headed, but I also was interested in all types of science. And so I was pre-med and I applied to med school. I took the MCAT, brutal, um, got in and then. Back up real quick. Where'd you go undergrad? 
Uh, where did I go to undergrad? Yeah, did you stay? Were you in California at the time? Oh, no, no. I've moved around. Oh, okay. I moved around a ton of different it, times. I went to four different high schools. Oh, okay. It was all she scored like a 39 on the MCATs, too. Wow. So I don't think it was that good. No. Uh, yeah. But here, here's Is the it like out of 40? Like out, out, out of 45, <laughs> I think. It's out of 30. So, <laughs> She's um, still, yeah, yeah. I got a 49. She invented gravity. Here's the interesting thing. Like, there, there is like a reading comprehension part of the test, and I read the entire works of William Shakespeare and abridged to prepare for that. And I, I don't think that that's something I was told to do. I just, that's what I wanted to do. So I used that as my excuse to study for the MCATs. And that, that I got a near perfect score on. Wow. And then the science stuff was still pretty good, but it wasn't, you could see where my love was. You could right, see on that test right. where my passion was because of where I put my time and what so I So she operates on you, you'll probably live, but the novels she writes while right. working yes. on you yeah. will be amazing. <laughs> you'll be able to read it while you're recovering. Yeah, so that's a, you'll probably live. Probably. probably. Is the good part. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm smart enough to have like a better doctor with me. Yeah. So that, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but then I decided, you know, ultimately um, I had graduated early. I had some years before I caught up with the rest of my class for med school and I decided not to. I decided to move out to L.A. for a little bit okay. and see yeah. and see what this was, what this career was. And I never left. Yeah. So when you moved out here, were you, hey, I want to get into, I'm a writer. Like, I, how do I do this? How do I, no, what was I, your in first? My first inclination was yeah. acting. Um, oh, okay. And I, I think it's because that's what I had seen. Got it. Right? Like when, you, when you're watching movies and if you don't know anything about how they're made, mm -hmm. you kind of just know what you see. And what you see is the performances. Right. And maybe you have in the back of your head directing, maybe, or some of the other things. Some people much more clever than I will watch a movie and go, oh, how did they build that set? Or how did that costume yeah. be made? And then they go that way. But right. that hadn't occurred to me. I just saw the actors and I was like, well, that's what's involved. Yeah. Um, very superficial view on how movies are made, but I was a kid. So I moved, I did move out here and initially I started How acting. old are you at that point? I think I was probably about six. So I moved. Six years old. Okay. <laughs> right. Already accepted into med school, deferring for a couple years. Wow. Wow. Thank you for waiting. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Just let everyone else catch up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't feel bad about your life right now, mm -hmm. uh, just let her talk for a little bit longer. She'll, she'll I overachieve think I, you. I think I was 20. Um, and so when, I, and when I, so when I finally moved out here and then I started doing acting, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. But um, I also realized that if you want to be a professional actor, uh, Theater is probably the place to go, in my opinion, because you're the last person to touch the product before the audience gets it. Mm -hmm. And you get to craft it, and you get to have a very big uh, influence in what's going out there, but also the connection to the audience mm -hmm. is direct. When you're uh, acting for film and television, it's a little bit harder because there are about 300 people between you, your and performance, when and when the audience gets it. Right. And you don't have a choice in terms of what performance gets uh, picked, how it's edited, how it's color corrected, how the VFX goes, what score they're putting underneath it. So if you, your scene stays in. If your scene <laughs> yeah. even stays in. Right. That happens all the time. Yeah. And it's usually not because you did a bad job. Yeah. You know, it's usually because in a TV show they've overwritten it, right? They've written it too long or they didn't realize it was too long, but then right. they get in the editing room and they're like, oh, we're 20 minutes over. Yeah. we got to cut some scenes. It has nothing to do with you. And the other thing that I have found Which is Which most actors don't understand. Like, they think it's because of them. Well, it's also because it's never communicated right. to them. And that's what I was just going to say is the other thing is, is that I don't know that there's always the respect for actors or even individual departments that, that I feel like there should be for what everyone brings to the table. So if your scene doesn't make it into a movie, usually you're not told. And so you're automatically going to assume it's your fault. Right, right. 
but it's not, right. you know? And I remember there was this famous, this story about a guy who was in a George Clooney movie and his scene ended up on the cutting room floor. And George wrote him like a personal letter and said, you need to know this is why. It didn't fit, fit feel the story that we needed it to blah, 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 blah. It had nothing to do with your performance. Please still come to the premiere. Uh, wow. And I heard that story and I was like, I want to do that for everybody. Yeah. So, so that's, that's my goal now. Whenever. I also want to work with George Clooney now Honestly. even more. Well, <laughs> we had his double on last week, <laughs> Tim Bagley. Um, he said he got, he got let go of a project on Friends and years later finds out like, oh yeah, we just, the character wasn't great. We whittled it down. It was a reoccurring that became a co-star, had nothing to do like with you. became like a one-liner. Right. And but for years, that, right? he thought it was him. Yeah. yeah. See? See? And then, and then once he found that out, it was, oh, Oh wow! Um, hey, I love this. But team. it was this such, was... so it became such a small part that the producers didn't even remember when cutting they met him. him. Cutting him. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. They're like, we met before, right? And he's like, yeah, you fired me. They're like, from what? Yeah. Yeah. You have no idea. Right. And so, so that's become something that's very important to me. Um, when I have auditions and it's callbacks and it's down to two actors and one actor doesn't get it, I make sure to send a message to the casting director to send to the agent of that actor. This is why the person didn't get it. They were fantastic, but they looked too much like blah, 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 blah. Right. Or they looked the wrong age, but they are an amazing actor. Because, because it's important for the actor to know, just yeah. because that's what keeps us going as artists, <laughs> it's, right? It's, yeah. But it's also important for the agent to know so that the agent still believes in that actor. Right. And so that's the kind of thing that I try to do. Um, and I was inspired by that George Clooney. Well, you're also the second person that we've had on the podcast that has said that because Dana Carvey said the same thing. He's like, I've been on both sides of the table, yeah. and he's like, I've chased actors out of the room after an audition and be like, listen, if you, you're great. If you don't get this, it has nothing to do with you. I love that. He's like, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. You're still really good. Yeah. No, I love it. So. I, and I love to hear that he's doing it. Yeah. And let's, let's all of our powers combine right. to make yeah, this like kinder, gentler And we talk about world. this all the time in the audition process. It's like you get a callback, two callbacks, go to producers, don't get the part, no one tells you why. Yeah. Crickets. Like, did I, was I bad? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Could I use some, you know, more coaching? I don't know. Right. Or was it just because they didn't like the shape of my eyebrows? Right. Or, and some of the stuff, too, is really interesting. Like, I've been in on the other side of auditions where I'm not necessarily in a position of power, but I'm helping out with the auditions. And um, this is <laughs> one of my favorite stories. Somebody came in, killed their audition. Awesome performer. Yeah. They left. The director said, I really liked some. I just... You know, I don't think we should cast them. And I said, why? I thought they were fantastic. And, he, and the director says, well, I just would have really liked to have seen them do it more angry. And I said, oh, see, that's what we, we that's what their job is. Yeah. Is that you just, you communicate that to them and then they do that's it. That's the director? Yeah. The director. That you couldn't give a directing note. Yeah. Awesome. But, but a lot of times they don't. A lot of times uh, directors come from camera and they don't necessarily understand that relationship or um, or they just haven't been trained in that way mm -hmm. or they just think that th th they don't want to, sometimes they don't want to insult the actor by asking them to do it a different way. A lot of times that relationship just isn't understood right. and communicated. So I was like, hold on, chase that actor down into the parking lot and was like, come back. <laughs> and then they ended up getting the part because they were fantastic, and then they did it angrier. But but sometimes the, those conversations aren't had, and people right. are afraid to, to ask those questions like, oh, why not? Why right. didn't you like that person? Oh, you didn't like that their shirt was red. Cool. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> no, Let, I, let's change their shirt color, yeah. maybe, if that's what's yeah. influencing you, right? So We have a person on set called Wardrobe. You right, know that, right? Right, and that's their job. That's their job. Right. And I, they would be so happy. <laughs> they would be, be so happy, happy to do that to for you. Switch from red to cerulean. <laughs> right. 
or whatever. Right. Uh, no, cerulean's fuchsia. usually the answer, guys. That if you're wearing cerulean, you'll always book. Yeah. All right. That's perfect. That's what I do. That's All right. So you came out here 20, started flirting with some film options, different mm-hmm. angles, trying on different hats. Mm-hmm. What did you find something right away that you don't like and don't want to do? Um, I love hair and makeup, but I'm really, really bad at it. Okay. So okay. I, I shied away from that. Okay. Um, I also tried gripping and gaffing, was not good at that as well. Maybe if I'd given it a little bit more time, I would have gotten into it. Um, directing actually was kind of thrust upon me. Okay. Kicking and screaming. Um, I, so I was, I was doing a lot of, uh, I was doing acting and then I was also training in martial arts, which turned into my stunt career, which then turned into stunt coordinating. And that's the world I really loved and, and thrived in. Right. And then I had a friend who was a musician who had asked me to direct her uh, music video and mm. I loved her. Um, so I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me. <laughs> I grew up without a television. That's I have not seen a music video. I've seen maybe 10 in my entire life. You don't want me to direct a music video. Because I love you, I'm going to say no. And she said, uh, her name is Faye, and she's fantastic. And she said, no, I really, I really think you should do it. And so I just binged a shit ton of music videos. And I figured out the video, and I pitched the, my idea to her, and she loved it. And we, we pulled it together, and we made this music video. And I was watching it back a little bit ago, and I was like, I'm actually still pretty proud of this. You know, nice. um, had no idea what I was doing, but uh, figured it out as I went and and loved it. Just absolutely loved it. And it, and it was it was definitely the place where I feel like, oh, my God, this is going to sound so L.A., <laughs> but where I feel like I'm vibrating at my highest frequency. OK, so, well, you right. know, like right. I, but, but it's the only words I can think of to describe how I feel when I'm doing it. Even when I'm miserable. Right. I still feel like that's the, the truest form of myself. Interesting. Were you finding success as an actress? Yeah. Oh, nice. I was doing okay. I was yeah. supporting my, you know. And so then I started acting to support my directing habit. Yep, yep. And then... Um, Were you studying at, like, Jam or at uh, uh, any of the TV cinema combat schools out here? None that exists still. So where okay. I was training was actually at uh, CBS Radford. Okay. Um, and uh, there they had a an action for actors class. I was training martial arts, and then at the same place they had an action for actors class, in Got which it. I met some dear friends that I'm still friends with. Um, and so that's kind of started giving me my basis of it. Um, and then I... Uh, like there's Jam and... Uh, yeah, Jam is great. What's Tempest free running mm-hmm. as well? Tempest okay. is okay. fantastic. I love Tempest. And but you were, you were on the lot getting trained by... Yeah, like we would do our daily run around CBS Radford, and and the and the the grandmaster I trained under was also at the same time tra- training um, Alan Horn, who used to run mm. Warner Brothers and Les Moonves and a few other people. And, oh wow! Um, and that was that was a weird thing that I had stumbled on, you know, that that training there. But he he was a phenomenal um, martial artist. I mean, he when I started training with him, I think he was in his mid seventies, and wow. he could beat all of us <laughs> into the ground without lifting a finger. And yeah. we would show, we would watch the old um, tapes of him fighting and the bell would ring. He could, he, he used to train also Bruce Lee. He also trained Jennifer Gardner for alias. Uh, so he, the bell would ring. He would jump up into the air so high that he would kick his opponent in the head on the way down. So he would like, and then kick down <laughs> and then knock him out. And that was, that was the fight. That was the match. Yeah. Bell ring, jump, kick out, <laughs> match, done. Um, he was he was a phenomenal martial artist, um, so uh, that's where and that's where I that's where I got my black belt from. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. In and I think I was one of the first women who has ever earned a black belt under him. 
Uh, Young Doan, which Young is Dewan. Taekwondo, mm-hmm. basically Korean. Very cool. Yeah. So then I saw, I was reading your bio, you did, how'd you get into the Warner Brothers directing, is it a directing program? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you, did you submit that music video? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I submitted two things. I submitted my feature, The Concessioners Must Die. Um, which and we have. Yes, you have, you have my <laughs> little bit of swag from. <laughs> Don't worry, we have swag for you when you leave. And, this, you is, really? and this is coming out soon? Yeah, worldwide, worldwide. June 1st. Very cool. Oh, put a um, plug in. Tell all of yeah. uh, yeah. We'll have a little f- pop-up screen. Worldwide, June 1st. Uh, executive produced by Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Directed by? Me. You. Yeah. Me. Um, anyway, so I submitted that, and I submitted um, a sci-fi action short that I had uh, written and directed also. Very cool. And Is that the one on the spaceship process. that I got to stop by and yeah, see? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one? Did you ever get to see the final version? No. Oh, I'll send you the final version. I'd love Please, to see well, it. I want to watch yeah. it, too. Yeah, I'll send it to Very you. Cool. I'm really proud no, of how full, it turned out. Full-on mega build, like yeah. I remember. Oh, Yeah. That yeah, was fun. That's right. that's right. All I saw was that one corridor on the spaceship. It's cool, right? Yeah. Lauren Ca- Laurel Canyon stages has been in so many. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's you true. S- you submitted those two to get into the program, and then yeah. how long is that program? Are they just grooming you to direct things that Warner Brothers has specifically? Specifically, yeah. okay. So you submit that, and then there's an inter- interview process. And one of the things that makes this program really spectacular is that if you get accepted, you're guaranteed an episode of television. Oh wow! Yours and was. Blind Spot? Blind Spot and Legacies. And I actually ended okay. up with two by the time I got through the end of the program. Um, How long is something like that like go? It was, oh, the program? Yeah. Um, ours was a little, I'm trying to remember if ours was typical. For some reason, I feel like the schedule was a little bit different. But it was about six weeks on weekends, trained by two of the best in the business, um, uh, Bethany Rooney, who has directed like 250 episodes of television, wow. just herself, you know, yeah. like on her own. And then and then Mary Lou Belly, who I don't know how many she's done, but I'm assuming it's comparable. Right. And the two of them wrote like the quintessential book on TV directing. Um, uh, director tells the story. Uh, and so they taught the class and it was, it was fantastic. And it was basically taking people who were directors and how to alter what you know into specifically television. Yeah. Because there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. Totally different world, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and then you go and you shadow on the show that you're going to direct for three weeks. And I got to shadow uh, Kristen Wendell, who's a fantastic director. Mm-hmm. And then um, I uh, shot my Blind Spot episode. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And that has already aired? Yeah. Okay. The show, sadly, is off the air now. Yeah. Um, but it aired last year. 2020 doesn't count. No, the, right, year, yeah, the, sure. year, the year before. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. I mean, right before, I remember seeing a little bit of promotion on that. Yeah. And, and see, and seeing that you're coming out with that. Because I was, I was in the, I was in the 2019 class, Pro- so I think it came out in 2020. When you Got were it. shadowing, just sidebar, uh, yeah. what, what you did three weeks. What is a? Uh, it's an hour long show. Mm-hmm. What is it? Two weeks of prep to shoot one episode, or is it one episode a week they get through? They get through one episode a week, but there's an overlap, right? So there's always one episode being prepped while one episode is being shot while one episode is in post. Post, got it. So, so for those three weeks, you at least got to see two or three episodes done. I followed one director through the entire thing, uh-huh. and it's eight days of prep, and then because of weekends, it becomes three weeks. So it's eight days of prep, and then it's eight days of shooting. 
okay. give or take. Different episodes have di- different shows have different schedules, but gotcha. that's usually the the the. Guarantee. That's also sounds like a lot faster pace than oh, something it, for a it's feature a film. Total total mental By times assault. ten. Yeah, the the analogy that I use is it's as if you're running along a speeding train. The sp- the train is always going already going. Right. Like they're full speed ahead. They're already three episodes ahead of yours. Like all the different departments are have a ton of stuff already in their head. So they're going full speed. You start your prep from a dead stop, right? You usually get your script the day before prep. So you start your <laughs> prep from a dead stop. And then uh, you start sprinting. And you have eight days to get up to the speed of the run of this, the speeding train. On your first day of shooting, you leap onto that train. You climb your way up to the top of the train. You're, chase, you're climbing your way to the front of the train, on top of the train, dodging <laughs> all kinds of bushes and navigating the politics and the relationships. Sounds like a great video game. Yeah, actually. Did you probably, do VR capture for <laughs> this yeah. one as well? It actually probably could be. <laughs> you finally get into the, to the conductor seat. You're finally like, oh, this is it. Okay. And they go, and that's a wrap on America Young. And you talk and roll. As they shove you out, and they're already <laughs> on their next episode. Like Thanks, it's, guys. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's the best education. You're working with people who have fine-tuned their skills and really honed in how to make something look really good really fast. Um, so far, I've been really lucky that all the shows I've been on have been good people. There mm-hmm. hasn't been any right. toxic relationships or anything like that. So I've been really, I've really loved it. Can wow. you tell our audience a little bit how the difference is between, okay, so you shot your first feature which is probably a longer process and you were way more probably involved in all departments. Yes. Because you're that's your movie. Yes. Now what And also s- we only had five dollars. <laughs> right. So five dollars. Right. Right. So there you guys know the triangle, right? Yeah. Time quality money. Yeah. yeah. Pick that's two. It. That's it. That's exactly it. So on my feature, we had no money. No and money. And we wanted it to be good. So right. it took a, a lot of time. Lot of time we shot it over the course of several weeks with totally spread out post took like i don't know 15 years it felt like it post took at least two years to Mm. get through it because we had an amazing editor but who had a full-time day job right and i wanted to work within his schedule um and then he would take it and then i would take it and edit some and then he would take it and we'd go back and forth a little bit um so so that's the difference i was involved for better or worse in every single aspect of my feature and then for it but I had no money and I had no toys and we had to really make do with and then in television you're not as involved like I have four days in post um and I turn in my cut and then I hand it off and then it's the showrunner show right so then they take it and they if they like my cut they keep my cut or they make the changes they want and then they color correct and go through the music and the vfx and so sometimes um what airs isn't necessarily even what you cut yeah yeah wow and that's cool because that's not my job but it's on tv but it's on tv and you have so many toys oh i'm sure especially on a show like that yeah you've got so many toys and you've got people who are the top of their industry that you get to work with right so there's an interesting trade in there um but yeah it's it's an it's a and I love both of it. And I love being able to go back and forth. I love the gift of being able to turn over my episode and being like, bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> See yeah you you don't have to work on that for two years. Yeah. Well, what I've found is time, quality, money. That triangle is how most films get made. Yeah. When you're trying to get money, it's one thing. Cheap, cheap, and cheap. Yeah. Like, how can we do it for this? Yeah. Uh, and you got to make it work. Yeah. To get to the job that pays you. Yeah. You got to. You got to find a way to make it work. I mean, um, that one episode you shot for Blindspot probably was way more money than... The feature. Um, yes. Right. 
a million times. More. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Maybe it was nine hundred and ninety. Yeah. You had a five dollar budget. Carry the one. Carry the one. A million point. times yeah. more. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't trade in either experience, you know, because I learned so much on the future because I had to do everything. And I think that that helped me so much going to this because now I know how to talk to every department because I've done every department yeah. <laughs> myself, you know. Personally, what do you enjoy better? Uh, which, what do you mean? Specific? As far as like being involved in the cheap, get everything done time or... I, you know, running at, next to the train. This sounds super greedy, but I like it all. Okay. And I would love to be able to j- jump from back, b- back and forth. Okay. Because the super cheap, you get actually get stuff done. You're not waiting on a committee. You're not waiting on yeah. these other people. You get, you get all the say and all the, you know. Um, but there's also a gift in not getting all the say. And there's also a gift in somebody else running mm-hmm. the show. Um, and you, there's just such a trade-off. So I, I love jumping back and forth. I mean, in a, in a dream world, I'd be directing a few, uh, several episodes a year, and then I'd also be directing a movie of whatever budget, you know? Yeah. Um, even if it's just a couple of shorts, just to get to play and do a different style and try something new. So I, I like being able to use different parts of my brain. Is it more of that action genre storytelling that you like to tell? Or are you like the blind spotting type yeah. show? Or is it Concessionaires Must Die? Was that... Describe that to me, because I, I don't know anything about that. Concessioners Must Die is a slacker movie that's set in the old movie theater that's about to be closed down by the multiplex across ah, the way. Okay. So you couldn't get more <laughs> more different totally than different. Spot. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's still, a, it's an homage to, to movies. Um, right. It's, like, it's like clerks in a movie yeah. theater. Okay. In yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah. Clerks are Empire Records. Uh, yeah. 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 L- little high fidelity in there, maybe totally. even a little bit. Oh, awesome. totally high fidelity. I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a kind of, a, it's a different vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just like a good story, you know, and if the good story is set in an old movie theater or if the good story is set in like a high action, kick the, yeah. kick the shit out of someone's situation. Right. That's what I'm most attracted to. I mean, to. Angelo brings this up to me all the time. He's like, dude, it's all about the story. We got to get a good story. And I'm yeah. like, we need money. He's like, no, no, we're going to get money, but it's all about the story. The it money is. will come. The money's going to come. The, the, the thing that somebody said to me recently that kind of blew my mind, I don't know if it's true, but it may, it tracks. Does it make you feel good about yourself? Does it make you feel good about yourself? But also like you could take any good story and put it in any setting and it'll work. Right. Because, uh, home alone is die hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's true. Right. Yeah. But you just, you just change up a little bit of the stakes and you've got a family movie versus a kick-ass, one of the best action movies ever made, Christmas movies ever made. Yeah. So, so, so Mad Max is lethal weapon is Braveheart. Yeah. You even got the same guy in there. Right. <laughs> just different setting. Yeah. And if you have a good story, if it makes you feel good about yourself or you feel engaged, you know, right. you have to, you have to care. That's the other thing that I found is that if you have a script and you write a bunch of despicable people just for the sake of writing despicable people, I don't think people are going to care. Yeah. They're not going to, they have no one to root for. Um, even in a movie like Payback, where everyone is despicable, you still rooted for Mel Gibson because there was something about him that you rooted for. But um, it's a good story. It's the good story yeah. that makes all the difference. So give us some, um, uh, back. if we could back up a little bit to give, give us a little slice of life into what high school and storytelling, putting on a play, shooting your own thing. Like, can I see, can we see a little bit of the, inner workings of what led to I'm going for film? Uh, if you can recall them or yeah. allowed to share them. Yeah, so so the thing that, I, this is a realization I had recently in terms of why story was so important to me is I moved around a ton as a kid. Military family? No, just one step out of the law. <laughs> okay. It's a joke, time. 
Wait, I got it. Or is it? I got to say. I don't. No. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Wait a minute. I got a. Uh, there it is. <laughs> I think. There it is. Let's just back that up again. So you moved around a lot. No, I'm not gonna let you do that. Do it no. again. Do it again. You're just staying ahead of the law. I like that. From New Mexico. I want there to be a question with the audience. You worked with Walter White. Breaking Bad was based off of your life story. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. All right. How many places did you move probably, I say, from like junior high and high school? From sixth grade to senior year, I was at a different high school every year. Wow. Or different school every year. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. So you never really make friends or really plant roots. Well, you do, and and what you and and so that brings me back to the story. The quickest way to know someone is story, right? So the quickest way to know who someone is is what what are your top five favorite movies? Hmm. I can name you mine right now. Right, go ahead. No, go. It's your show. (laughs) So based on that, you're like, oh, this is how this is where we connect. Hmm. I don't like those movies, but this movie we can connect on. Right. If you don't like any of the movies that they like, then what are you guys going to talk about? Right. Right. Um, The the other way is then to just ask people stories about themselves. And I realized I think it's because I've moved around a lot. I think it's also because I've been kicked in the head a lot from stunts. I have a really bad memory for people, but I have an amazing memory for stories. So if I run into someone on the street and they're like, hey, America, how's it going? They'll start talking to me. It's also a curse to have a name that's very memorable. Um, They'll start talking to me. I won't know who they are. I don't recognize their name. I don't recognize their (laughs) face. I have it's complete. Until they start saying, hey, oh, I meant to tell you, my, my grandmother finally got that letter that she was waiting for. Instantly, I know who they are. I remember how we met. I remember what they were drinking when I was meeting them, right. whether it was coffee or It all just clicks in. And I think that became my survival mechanism while I was moving around a lot. Because by learning people's stories, you know who they are. Right. And then that's an instant and fast connection when you're moving around really quickly and you have to find at least one ally in a new school on your first day. Right. Right? That's, that's just survival. Well, there's also the story that's probably accurate, and then there's the version of the story that we tell, which can the difference can also tell you who they are. Absolutely. Absolutely um, tells you a lot. And so, yeah, high school, uh, junior high wasn't too bad. High school was pretty miserable. Pretty yeah. miserable. I really hated it, Same. actually. And I Same. moved from, to like, New York City to a small town in Nebraska in the middle of high school, so that was oh, a, wow. a bit of a culture shock. Culture. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, and, you know, kids in high school are already cruel, and you're already going through... I should have done of emotional stuff in high school. It was really, it was really miserable. Were you doing miserable. any creative writing or like journaling Plays, at that time? Plays, dance, you trying to figure out? stunts, well, anything else? No. Sports? I was, doing, I was doing a lot of reading. Yeah. I would hide in books and I would hide in watching movies. In high school, it's really hard to break into their theater program if they've been there since kindergarten. And, this and you teacher, just got there. And you just got there. Yeah. And in sports, it's the same thing. Yeah. And so, uh, and I was never, I was never an exceptional athlete. I didn't even do sports um, uh, until I started doing martial arts. And so that, there was no connection for me there. And then theater is a lot of politics. And so it was, it was, um, it was a very lonely time. Um, mm. And uh, story got me through it. Wow. Story got me through it, which is what it drives me more than anything. And that's, that's the other, uh, other interesting thing that I have found is when I'm interviewing with people about scripts, people will send me a script to direct and I'll say, I, I can't serve this story as a director. I can stunt coordinate the hell out of it if you want, or I can help you produce it. But to 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 be to do service to the story, you need someone who thinks differently than I think. Because to me, the most important thing is the story, and not my ego in terms of having right. my name on there. You know, 
you are a rarity <laughs> yeah. in this business. I don't have much to add to that because uh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> good job. There's like you needed my approval or something. I do. And no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. You can have as many snacks as you want. Help yourself. Yes. <laughs> you know? That's why people come here is for it's the snacks. snacks. It's yeah. always the snacks. The snacks in the set. I can't believe you oh, guys. This thanks. is legit. We, um, we got bored during COVID and we're like, meh, I guess we'll do something. We're like, we're going to get America Young on eventually. We got to impress her. Yeah, we got we, <laughs> to really, start. It's literally you're on the list of people to impress. You're so full of it, but I we love it. We got through Dana keep, Carvey. Keep we got, got through yeah. Sean. Yeah, big people. And we're like, but eventually she's going to notice us. You have always been exceptional, Angelo, and you have always gone above and beyond I everything you've done. I don't like compliments. I know, and that's why I waited until camera. we were yeah. on air. Uh, by the way, that's he, a low. That's you're a low not blow. allowed to cut it out. He controls I, the editing, so it's gonna. You're never gonna <laughs> see this ever. Uh, <laughs> ah, boo! You know what? I don't want your swag anymore. You I will not back. sign a waiver until you agree that you will not cut that out. Uh, yeah, we okay. Get those well, you did get me a job, so yeah, I'll let there. it. I'll let good. it go. Good, good, good. So we uh, we did a little acting on. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, I saw you as a cartoon. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. She yeah. got me that job. You nailed it, yeah. didn't he? Hundred percent. Got yeah. me that job. Yeah, yeah. that's you her. Sang too, right? A, l- a little bit for yeah. like a few bars. Yeah. You know, they, they. I was waiting for his character to do backflips because I'm like, there it is. There that, he is. That, that's him. Or to put somebody in a hole that's or something. Yeah. By the way, yeah. the dance moves that they put in the animation, I d- had nothing to do with those. I dance better than that. I, I they, want that I to be they, clear. I think they do do like motion capture. That w- that is that is that was the most insulting thing. <laughs> I was like, this guy can't dance at all. I'm uh this is not my character. Well, but I feel like that helps not make him likable. Right. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think that's true. the point is that like he thinks he's a great dancer, but he's actually not so great. And that's part of like. Fair point. The, fair point. Yeah. It's part of the story demanded it. I, uh, yeah. For I the audience that doesn't know what we're talking about, it was a Barbie <laughs> no. animated feature, I believe. She, yeah. For Netflix. Musical. Musical for Netflix. Feature. The reason yes. I never brought it up is Angelo because. Plays <laughs> Prince Johan. Yeah. And no I was spoilers, purposely not trying to name it, but thank you for letting <laughs> I, everyone I want, know. I want everyone to know mm-hmm. how so skilled you are. And, America, and, this is your and episode. Angela, that movie was like number four in the country for like a week. I'm huge among seven-year-olds. And were you, did you sing in, it was King King of the Kingdom or King whatever? Of the King, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that song was the number one song from the film. I mean, and it wasn't just you. I mean, this isn't all about you. There were other guys like Eamon, who's who plays he's Trey. Was funny. He's so funny, he's and funny. he also sang in that. And so it was with your you guys working together. That we're gonna started. start a boy band pretty soon here. Oh, oh my god! And we need we someone need to direct it. it. It's a music video. Do you know I'm anybody sorry. who directs music videos by any chance? You really don't want me to. Seven direct. degrees yes, Celsius. I seven degrees Celsius is the name of our band. I already got the dance figured out. Love it. All right. So back, now that we've detoured from that, back to you, because it's enough about us. Uh, So your first feature comes out literally in two days worldwide, Mm -hmm. June 1st. Yep, yep. No, yes, that's right. Can I put the handles up on this? Is that allowed? So that we can funnel people. It'll be, your episode won't come out for another week or so, but I'd still love to drive as many people towards it as possible. Please, 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 yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been directing Total? I don't know. Like, I have like 10 years now? or I think maybe 10. Yeah. I think the first music video, I mean, it, it definitely took some time to pick up some, some steam, but I think I have to go back and look at, when did I do that music video? I'll have to go back and look. And you had directed two features before you got into the program? Yeah. Okay. No, one feature. One feature. And then I directed the second feature while I was in the program. Oh, awesome. And yeah. that, that one is? Back to Lila. Back to Lila. Yeah. And and there were there was some crazy schedule. Like, I remember my first weekend in the program... 
I was shooting all Friday night. I woke up, I wrapped at two, woke up at nine, went to the program from 10 to four, showed up on set at 5 p.m., shot all night until 4 (laughs) a.m. On Sunday morning, On Sunday morning, and then went to the program from 10 to four, and then got out of the program at four, showed up at set at six, and then shot all night. So that was, that was a, that was a, it's a weekend. typical weekend for America. That's all. <laughs> right. D- don't even. I wasn't even. I wasn't even allowing myself to drive. She was also studying for the MCATs whilst uh, while doing we this. were doing that, obviously, and <sighs> negotiating for world peace. So I took a. I just took a lift to, to all the different things. I just slept in the car because I didn't trust myself to right. be driving. But um, yeah, I shot. Th- I shot that film while I was in the program. When does Back to Lila come out? Soon, Soon, hopefully. Who knows? Oh, right. we're, two we're, movies back to back. We're out. doing the festival circuit right now, um, which is a little wonky because of COVID. Because so mm-hmm. we're, we're not really sure how we're going to navigate that. Um, and then um, once we've done some festivals, then, then hopefully it'll get released. Are these projects you wrote as well or just directed? Um, concessionaires, I helped shape a little bit. Okay. And then um, Back to Lila, I did not write. Again, I, I helped shape a little bit. That's just right. what happens when you're, right. when you're drafting. Yeah. Very cool. In, in television, in, in movies, in television, you don't change a word. Yeah. It's, yeah. Are you still doing stunt coordinating and working on that aspect? Or you strictly just want to Not direct? as much. I still like doing it. Yeah. Um, and I'll do it when my schedule allows. Like, I just got called to stunt coordinate a, a movie with a team that seems really cool. But then I think it's going to overlap with something I've already got booked. So I don't know if I'll I be see. able to do it. Um, and that's been cool because then when I'm not available, I can refer it to other stunt coordinators that I love, that I would love to help up a little bit. Right, right. I have more of a human question, yeah. which is you have successfully been, uh, you've been successful in the career side of things, but you're also married and you're a mom and yeah. you do really well at that. And Thanks. there's a lot, it's not for everybody to be able to be, juggle both family and career, but you have and well. And Thank I can you. say that having known you for a decade. Thank you. Can you give us a little insight or, hey, I couple landmines avoid this but definitely do this just you know from your point of view uh that's not easy to do no it's not easy to one do. one of those is not easy to do and you're doing both right, <laughs> right. so talk it's it's not easy to do i uh yeah yeah you know so when 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 i was still pregnant someone told me um trying to figure out where to start with this conversation. Someone told me that, uh, to remember that your life existed first and then they're coming into your life. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do the first few months because your life does kind of revolve around them. But that was also the best advice to remember because it's really, really easy to turn all of your attention onto them and um, make them the sole focus of your life. And ultimately, I don't think that that is healthy for anyone. Mm. Um, I think, uh, it makes me feel really good when my kid, uh, is like bustling around and I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm at work. I'm really busy. (laughs) (laughs) Are you making any money? Can we put a picture of your daughter up right when you say that line, please? I'm super busy. And so, and she's happy about it and she's excited about it. And, and I, I, I love that. I love that, that, that is something that she tries to emulate, Um, and, and when, because I'm chasing my dreams and doing what I love more than anything, when I'm away, I'm away, but when I'm here, I am here a hundred percent. And, and so therefore, while the time isn't as much as I would like, and there's definitely a sacrifice in terms of how much time, um, it, the quality of the time is, is the best because, because I don't have anything else in my head other than her 
because there's no resentment. There's no regret. There's no, if only, if only it's, it's, I am doing what I want to do and you are the love of my life, you know, and my husband, obviously, but like, I'm able to give either, both of them, my full attention when I'm present. And I think that's, that's why it's working. Um, as opposed to, um, people who have given up on what they want and, um, are, whether they realize it or not resentful or, or they're spending all day, every day with their kids and then just take them for granted. Mm. Right. I don't. And not being fulfilled in any other part. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I think that that's some real real wisdom part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and the reason why I was hesitating where to start is because I remember being on a set and there was a woman, and this was when I was shadowing a director, and there was a woman who was one of the producers who was very pregnant. Like, she was about to give, like, she had scheduled her her pregnancy, or her, I think it was it was a C-section C- or whatever. Cesarean section? Yeah, I think she had scheduled it, or induced. I don't remember if they inducing or cesarean. But either way, she had scheduled for once they wrap. And it's a huge project, and she had won Oscars, right? So she's a huge, amazing producer. And I had no business asking her this, but I went up to her, and I said, um, thank you for being here. And being pregnant. Because I had never seen it. And mm. I, had, oh, big, I had kind of grown up thinking it was either or, right? Spe- specifically exactly. for, mm-hmm. Specifically for women, it's mm-hmm. either or. And seeing her wildly successful in the film industry and as a, an amazing mom, because this was going to be her third kid, I think, or second, um, uh, was, was incredible. So I just went up and I said, thank you. Just thank you for being here and let me, letting me see this. Right. It and is it, possible. It is possible. And then this wonderful woman said, take a seat. And I sat down next to her, and she, kind, she gave me very similar advice, which was, you will have to make sacrifices. I used to make seven movies a year or five movies a year. Now I only make two or three. Um, and I still do have to disengage my child from clinging on my leg when I leave, saying, Mommy, please don't go. She said, but... But I think it's really important for my daughters to see me continuing to do what I love. And, I th- and when I'm there with them, I'm there with them. Right. And so having heard all these other things that people had said, but then actually seeing it in practice yeah. made a huge difference. And, and one of the things that has been one of the best compliments that I keep getting are when other women who are in this industry get pregnant, they'll reach out to me and they'll be like, How do you do it? How do you do yeah. it? And the only reason why I thought I could is because I saw you. You know, which means everything to me because right. it, it is important. It's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, hard doesn't, that's not the right word because it doesn't nearly encompass, right. you know, but, but you figure it out and you have to know, and especially when you're in a city without family right. support. Like if your parents are living next door, it's still hard, but it's a lot easier. You know, if you've got brothers or sisters or whatever, but it, you figure it out. And I think it's important too. Mm. I like that. You're amazing. I like, I, like, I like that comment. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to know. It's possible. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked too. Um, let's jump into the next thing. Then I'll work that in. Um, well, first of all, we've been chatting for a little while. Is there anything you would like to talk about before we go through a couple more questions? Nope. No. <laughs> Come on. Nothing. You guys are great. You're you're asking all the questions. I don't. Um, I can't think of anything that you haven't asked yet that I want to talk about. Either give us a a story from set that's either best or worst. Best or worst. Not literally the worst thing ever. With like really bad names, or no names. Either something really awesome, it's funny, or uh, stories. You like stories? Stories translate. Stories. Give us a fun story from set. You can be acting, directing. You were watching from a 
uh, even some of the things I know you've worked on, some of the Michael Bay sets. And oh, some my God. Don't, yeah, d- not that one. Yeah. But, you know, I yeah. know you have a ton of stories. I just, I guess I maybe should have given you one. Like, tell us that story. What's an amazing story from set? An amazing story from set. Whether it was in, you saw an actor succeed, break through a scene, whether it was you figured out a problem, directing... Or the problem was the actor broke through the wall right, and right. they weren't supposed that, to because we didn't is, call action that, yet. That is, there is something. Um, one, one of my favorite things about doing film, and it doesn't matter what budget it is, is that uh, shit always hits the fan. Something always gets set on fire, literally or figuratively, and you always have to figure it out. And um, usually those moments are the best moments and the moments that you are the happiest happened Mm -hmm. and so this is a simplified version of that but when we were shooting the concessionaires um we shot in this gorgeous theater up in fresno called the warner theater and it's gorgeous it's it's built by the same people who built the pantages theater here Mm. in los angeles that they built a series and they gave it to us at a ridiculous rate because our budget was five dollars um and one of the contingencies four of that went to the theater four of that (laughs) went to the theater the rest of it went to feeding everyone the coffee Uh, it went to coffee (laughs) the coffee um and one of the things is we had to work around their schedule which is completely fair considering the rate they were giving us and there was one day we were set to shoot um uh a memorial service that's in the movie. We were going to shoot it in the theater. And they were like, oh, you actually can't use the theater today because we have an actual memorial service that we're holding in the theater today. And so we had to scramble last minute and figure it out. And we ended up shooting it up on the roof. And um, I, lo- I ended up loving it up on the roof. It made sense up on the roof because that's actually where they hang out. And it made it, uh, to my mind, a lot more touching. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just it, there was a somberness that happened to the cast and the crew and the actors knowing that we had to respect the, the life of the person who was below us, who was also being honored at the same time. And so it ended up being one of those moments where our last minute scramble ended up being something really beautiful. And then yeah. there were also some times where we were like, we were literally shooting around a wedding. And um, have you seen the film? Mm-mm. You haven't seen the film? I've seen it. I saw the trailer. You saw the trailer. There, there's a moment in the film where one of our characters gets dragged and thinks he's uh, Batman. And so <laughs> <laughs> he's like a little out of it. Right. And so, um, uh, we're, we were shooting that scene. It's like the Snickers commercial where he's like, yeah. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Yes. Uh, we're shooting that scene in between moments of a wedding happening in the other thing. And like, it was just so much fun. It's so much fun having to think on your feet and problem solve and, and come up with those things. And I'm sure that like when I'm not on the spot, I'll come up with an even better story, but, um, I don't know. Cause if you take that and you're like, so if anyone wants to speak now or forever hold their peace and then you just hear I'm Batman <laughs> right. from around the corner <laughs> I think that's a outtake right there for your movie right. oh absolutely and for the and for the wedding and for the wedding who hired that guy <laughs> right right so. um alright that's a fun story yeah that's a good one um but I like that you had that you had the pivot and yeah. it ended up being a better scene yeah and, so. and that usually ends up happening yeah is that it usually ends up happening and the, and the thing that I do find in television is that um they're used to having money to, to, to throw at a problem that comes up. And so uh, sometimes they don't pivot. And it, it's harder for them to pivot because it's not just the one episode. It's a, a finely tuned, honed script that affects every other episode in the season. Right. Right. So I can't just say, let's just do it outside. Um, because then they have to think about the rest of the season and make sure, wait, we need to make sure this doesn't pay off in a script five Five episodes from now. Right. So, so the pivot is a little bit, takes a little bit more. It's, it's a little bit harder to do. Um, but but. It's also just not your decision. There's like 300 other There's departments three other that got other it. Yeah. But it. But it has also kept me, like I, on, on, a, on something I was working on recently, there were a lot of things 
a, there was a recent show. There were a lot of things that we, a lot of fires we were putting out for a lot of different reasons. COVID being one of them. Yeah, right. And and at the end, when we were finished shooting, and it was like a there was a lot of stuff. And that when we were done shooting, one of the actors came up came up to me and goes, "How are you so calm all the You're time?" You're like Xanax. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I also have actually been set on fire and pushed off the top right. of a skyscraper." So and your mom. And my, yes, and I'm a mom. And, and I'm a this mom. is this is nothing. So this, this is nothing, is nothing yeah. compared this to. This is the greatest day of my life. But like indie film, being a mom and being a stunt person has like prepared me for this job more than anything else in the world. 100%. Oh, yeah. so stunts. Thanks for taking off your cape when you came and sat down to our <laughs> podcast. I appreciate no that. No capes. Have you not seen Incredibles? No capes. No capes. Um, can you segue, uh, give a little shout out to the video game VR chapter of your life? Sure. I'm assuming that yeah. flowed out of stunts. Is that correct? Yeah, my video game. Uh, Couple, dr name drop. This is your, like, we want to brag about you. So to date, I have worked on roughly 65 video game titles. Um, and that came out of my stunt experience, but also my experience in theater, because mm. um, being in video games is a lot like theater performances. Um, and uh, my first game was Spider-Man game. God, it feels like a million years ago. And I've just consistently worked in that space ever since, and I love it. I love it very much. Um, Give us a couple names of other games that you've worked on, because uh, people get to see your work. Yeah, sure. So uh, most recently, the stuff that I've done motion capture and stunts on is the most recent Spider-Man game, um, uh, uh, Gears of War Tactics. Mm -hmm. I know about that one. Yeah, is it good? I haven't played it yet. <laughs> You don't even play your own games. I do. I do. You sometimes. are a god to some people, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> I need. I need to. Um, I do. I do. Goddess. I do usually, or I watch other people play the video games. Um, <laughs> oh, Sunset Overdrive. I played and I loved. I don't know if you guys have played that, but that game is a blast. Um, the last two Uncharted games, or two and three, um, I worked and on. And you know Emily Rose, probably, who also worked on that. No, because I did the stunts. You did stunts, uh, but you never got to meet her at no, all for anything? Oh, no, right. and I was a stunt double for Claudia Black on that. So they, they gotcha. had me come back and pick up all the stunt stuff. Gotcha, so I never gotcha, actually gotcha. got to meet her. Um, and that is where? That's in Santa Monica? That's Playa del Rey? That was, yeah, that was at House of Moves, which has moved. Hmm. Ironically. Yeah. Ironically. It's that they're at another studio, but that was down in uh, Marina Del Rey. Right. Oh, yeah. Marina Del Rey. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then a few of the Call of Duties. Um, I've, oh, oh. And then um, most recently, I am the voice of Batgirl in the That's new Gotham amazing. Knights video yeah. game. Yeah. Wait a second. I got. Wait, we got some. <laughs> Please, no autographs. No autographs. She'll take pictures later. Okay, how's that? <laughs> That's great. I never get to use that, so thank you for giving me something You're I can welcome. use my applause button for. You're welcome. Most uh, of the stuff you've worked on has been pre-COVID, or did you actually shoot some stuff? I shot three episodes during COVID. During COVID. Mm -hmm. And you see that getting less and less as you're on set? What, COVID? Yeah, or? as far as like the protocols and like are things Restrictions, restrictions. regulations. Yeah. E each set was very different, oh, actually. Because really? well, one set was Vancouver. And Canada's been really smart about it. I mean, there was yeah. a two-week quarantine, and if you break quarantine, it's like a million-dollar fine, right? Mm -hmm. So people are listening to the quarantine. Yeah. Um, and so they had strict protocols, but they theirs were ones based on the fact of the assumption that people are, you know, every show you get tested three times a week, and um, so all the protocols are very different. And then there's different rules in Santa Fe, and then there's different rules in Georgia. Um, 
And it's, it's kind of a bummer um, because you don't have all of your department heads on set and you don't have the crew that you're used to having around you on set. And I love that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still really nice to be back to work, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, the, and the studios have gone out of their way to keep everyone safe, which yeah. is really nice, specifically Warner Brothers is who I've been looking for. But um, so that feels really good. I'm hoping as people are now getting more and more vaccinated that we'll, they'll be able to loosen up a little bit. I think we're going to have to wear masks for a while. Probably mm-hmm. through the end of the year. Yeah, because you can still get it. I mean, that's, right. that's the thing. COVID's is not going away. COVID's not going the away. The severity of you getting really sick is hopefully yeah. easing up. Yeah. Your, your odds of go, dying right. from it go right. down, right? right? Um, so you could still catch it. Um, so I, I think that we still need to be really careful and wash our hands a lot and wear masks where applicable. But um, uh, hopefully maybe it'll go, you know, less face shields. And, right. and the social distancing won't be as much of a thing. Because it's, it's, it w- that was the challenge is I was working on... Um, some really s- some shows with some sensitive topics, and to be shouting those directions, which mm. I would normally pull an actor aside and have an intimate conversation with, felt so wrong, you know. And and so th- my episode with Kung Fu, um, there's a whole storyline in there about sexual assault, and the actress who was handling it is just phenomenal. But like, I really would have loved to have, you know, really like been more, able to, yeah. you know, instead of like. So, you know, like just, yeah. So I got as close as I could. I got yelled at a lot um, because I wasn't, you know, because I would forget. And, and she and I would lock in and we'd be talking about this stuff and they'd be like six feet and we'd have to separate again. And, you know, you're trying to keep everyone safe, but you also, f- you forget like the human, the need for human connection is so strong mm-hmm. that you do forget as much as you, you want to and your intention is to not to. Um, but uh, so that I hope we, that changes because right. I, I think it's a really important part of the director to have those conversations, not screaming them yeah. across that. And we've all worked with those directors, right? Where they'll be like. Yeah, some people scream when there is no COVID. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we want to be the people that don't when yeah. there is. Yeah. We don't want those kind of sets. Are you, so your home base is here in LA. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that you're getting more work out of Los Angeles? Yeah. Or are you just going where the work is? I mean, I haven't shot an episode yet in town. I've only shot five at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm hardly, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. hardly Bethany Rooney. Five more than us. Um, but uh, <laughs> they've all been out of town. There's not that many shows th- that are in town. I yeah. think I think they were starting to gear up before COVID. But then, Got it. yeah, we did one one short film in February. Yeah, and it was brutal. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet. It uh, mo- making something is already hard, and this became hard plus sixty pound weights on your shoulders. How much of your budget was COVID? I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> because overall, I find it's, it's at it's least twenty percent. It, yeah, oh, yeah. We, we found some ways to get favors donated, you know, PPE yeah. and and some other things that were, uh, you know, discounts on some tests because we were doing big groups of stuff. But yeah, it, I'd say between seventeen to twenty-two percent, just for that. And you're working so hard for every dollar. Just and you're already poor it. because yeah. you have a five-dollar budget, and yeah. so right. yeah. yeah, yeah, that that one, that one. That was rough. That's really rough. And I'm proud of you guys for doing it, though. Well, everything else is Beat all out, the odds. out. Even Emily is on a new new Lifetime movie, and it's yeah. being shot, you know, in Louisiana. Or I think Nashville. Atlanta. Nashville. Atlanta. Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's shooting down there. Yeah. Everything's or going to Canada, mm-hmm. going up to Vancouver. And, so. and, and not so much going to Canada. I mean, like, there's a lot of, like, bigger budget stuff, but, like, the, the, um, the quarantine is super costly. Yeah. Right. You know, because uh, they have to pay you for the quarantine. Right. Oof. So, so uh, a, a lot of shows are just using locals or they're not going up there at all. Or, right. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, was it, um, any television stuff on the horizon that you're looking forward to or are you just? 
Um, I, waiting to hear on things? I have been ba- asked back to one of the shows I have worked on. Very cool. Um, Legacy. Do you need an assistant? Because like, <laughs> I'm a good driver. Okay. And I know that you like to sleep in the car. I do like to sleep in I the car. I have the hat and the, Ideally, tie, when the I'm bow not tie driving. with the little white gloves and the everything. So with good. fresh water. Yeah, 100%. Okay. And a Snickers yeah, bar. A Snickers bar. Um, Whatever uh, you would like, Miss Miss Young. Uh, we, we, we're right this way. We you're hired. Okay. You're hired. Awesome. Um, and, and he doubles as a bodyguard because he's a brown belt. Oh, so he's fierce, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, TV <laughs> yes, coming I've, up. I've been asked. I've been asked back to another show, but I can't say which one yet. My Legacies episode, my second Legacies episode, comes out June 10th. Amazing. Um, and I'm really excited about it. It was really fun to to shoot. It was uh, written by Penny Cox, and she's hilarious. Um, and that's another Atlanta-based. Yeah. Show. Yeah, that's Atlanta-based. And um, we'll see. We'll see what other things are happening, and then ho- may, I think I. I don't know if the feature's going. We'll see. I mean, it's all like, so even when it's going, it's not. Right. Like, I don't believe something. That's the thing about this industry that I think is really dangerous is that you forget to celebrate, right? Because you're like, yeah, I booked a job. I'm not going to celebrate until I'm on set. And you're on set. You're like, yes, I'm on set. Wait, 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 wait. Let's make sure I don't get cut out, <laughs> right? And they're like, uh, then you're like, yes, I didn't get cut out. Wait, wait, let's wait till I get paid. Yes, I got paid. And then you finally get paid yeah. and you're like, what was the name of that job I worked? But that was by months the, ago. That was yeah, seven right, years right. ago. All right, yeah. on to the next thing, and I, I think which you hope there's a next thing, and you hope there's a next thing it because it might be a year from now. Because <laughs> even when you're on set, you're already hustling for your next thing, right? right? Because you don't know when that's going to be, and right. so I think that's really dangerous. Yeah. and I think it's really important that we do celebrate the steps yeah. of what we do. Little get. victories, I think, is what isn't that what Carvey said? You got to celebrate the yes. little victories along the way. Yes, you have to, or you never end up celebrating. Well, there was a great episode you of Entourage. I remember where the Vin, Vinny Chase, the movie star guy was waiting for his next, you know, thing. And Ari Gold, his agent, is like, no, you book your next movie before the other movie comes out. Yeah. Like, you always have to be doing something. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to be forgotten. Yeah. You, that's bleak. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but, <laughs> that, but yeah. That's you know? bleak. Um, and so, but that's also why you need to celebrate the fact that you have it. You need, right. to, you need to keep generating um, stuff. And the more you actually generate it, the more you have control over the content you're putting out there. True. Which is important because you don't want to necessarily be making stuff that you're not yeah. proud of or you don't want to, you know, fill the airways with. A- any actors or actresses you've worked with that you um, had to recast or like, mm, no, I don't know. I don't no. know if this person's going to do it. No. No. I've been, I've been really lucky. I've, I've worked with phenomenal talents. And yeah. obviously, uh, TV shows, they've all been excellent. Um, but even on the stuff that I've, I've done, I haven't ever. Yeah. I can't think of anybody that I wish I had. The only times, the only time where I've even considered it, it's not even about their talent. It's just about the attitude. Attitude, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, where it's like, if you don't want to be here, right? You don't have to be. Yeah. We'll we'll do a quick <laughs> There's rewrite. There's a lot of people that want work. Yeah. And, and that are talented too. And I could do a really quick rewrite. Yeah. Um, I did have to have a conversation with one person once, and I and I was like, no hard feelings. If you're miserable. Then, then I don't want to make you miserable, and mm-hmm. we'll do a quick rewrite, and your character will become something else completely. Yeah. Um, again, with indie worlds, you have that fluidity that you can do that with. Um, and they, and what was interesting is, is I was glad I said it because um, they said, "What? N- no, no, no! Is that what's coming across? Oh, no, no! I just want to do such a good job that I'm so focused on doing such a good job." And I said, "Oh, no, there's the problem. That's what's not coming. That's not coming across. What's coming across is that you're miserable." Right. And they were like, no, 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 that's not the case. And so once they realized what was coming across, there was a completely different uh, attitude. And then it was awesome. Then it was awesome, you know. 
do you feel that you wanting to be an, an actor and living in that world has helped you kind of communicate with that actor? I you know? think so, because I know how hard it is. Right. I know how miserable it is. I know how vulnerable it is. Yeah. I know what it's like when you've done six takes in a row and haven't been given a single redirection and they keep going, going, going again. And you're like, was that? Which one did we not get? Yeah. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> Which one did we not get? Yeah. And was I doing it right or not? Or did you even see what I was doing? Or, you know, like I know that. And so um, I think that that has really helped because I can, I can give that information to the, yeah. the actors. Um, and the same thing with a lot of the other departments in the stunt department. Like there's, there's times where I can, I can now go to a stunt person and go, you're not on camera. Don't hit the ground. Ah. You know, because it's like, why are you slamming into concrete? Camera's going to be off you by that point. Stop, you know, and I could have that conversation with them, but I can also say, uh, you anticipated that. I saw you anticipate that launch. It's going to kill my, so I need you to not, please don't do that. Or I'll have that conversation with the coordinator because that's mm -hmm. the power of mm -hmm. command. I saw them anticipate it. Please make sure that they don't. Um, and so it's it, having, you know, I think the more you can learn about every position on set, the more. Well, you have to be, speak multiple languages, at least yeah. behind and in front of camera. That's two right there. Right there. And, and it helps with, it helps them do their jobs, mm -hmm. you know. And I was on a set recently where um, I was working with the VFX team and I, I just said that we have a really complicated scene. Um, uh, there was a lot of VFX shots. And I j all I said to them was, well, let me know what you guys need so I can make sure to get you what you need to do the shot. And they came up to me like three days later and they go, we've never worked with a director before who knew how to talk to VFX. And I went, what all I said is tell me what you need. <laughs> so you could no do No one your probably job. cared. Like it's like the little thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, but, but, but if I'm giving them what they need and I know what they need and I can incorporate that in what I see, then everybody wins because they have to work le half as hard to make something look twice as good. Right. And so it's just the communication. And I think that comes from having a background in acting and knowing how to communicate and read right. people. But also it comes from having moved around so much and being able to read people like that and knowing how to communicate with people that you just met, yeah. you know. But yeah. we talk about this a lot. I think that a lot of people lose focus. Like, we're all trying to do the best job possible. Yeah. So, like, why don't we all get on the same? You know and what I mean? Most people really do. Yeah. Most people really want it. And you've been on sets where you have someone who is not. And the rest of the crew steps suffers up. For suffers for that person. Suffers yeah. for it, but also steps up. You know, I've been on a set where, where the director has a temper tantrum and storms off, and the rest of the crew steps up and takes care of the movie for them and delivers a really great movie. I've been on set where the cinematographer does it. I've been on set where the stunt person does it. Like, you, uh, there's always, there's not always a weak person, but if there's a weak link, the rest of the crew steps up, and that's yeah. pretty amazing, you know? If you've hired a good crew. If you've hired a good crew, and that's, that's, the, biggest, that's the biggest thing. Hire you know? good people. And Hire. also don't be afraid to get rid of people who aren't. You know, because that'll end up being just more detrimental in the long run. Yeah, what's that? Good to great? Get the people, the right people on oh, the bus? by yeah. Jim Collins. He says, get the right people on the bus and the wrong people off. But then yeah. you got to get the right people in the right seats. Yeah. And then you got to get a group of people more committed to each other than just the destination. Yeah. And which is kind of every time you make a film, basically. And, and, right. I would, and I would say even further, I don't even care if you're that great at your job as long as you're a good person and committed to the overall right. thing, because then you'll learn competency and character. Yeah, I, w I would rather I would rather uh, character over talent any day. Hundred percent, right any day. on. Yeah, yeah. Any day. Oh, wait a minute! I got it! I got it! I I gotta get faster at this. <laughs> okay, that was dumb. You can cut out the air. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna leave it in. So, how about no. speaking of good character? Can you tell us about your uh, 
your nonprofit that you have going on? Oh, Chimera Project? Yeah. Wow, look at that transition. Right? That was beautiful. See, we s- this guy's good. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes if he's had his Red Bull. Yeah, he threw, like, he, it was like, yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> so Chimera, pro- pronounce it, and it's not a project. It's not a one-time thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Thank right. you for asking. Is that right? Yeah, the Chimera Project is what oh. it is, and it's a nonprofit organization um, that it champions women and non-binary filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's about six years old and we've done a lot of things that I'm really proud of. We've done finishing funds. We've done, um, fiscal sponsorship, which means like, well, you can sign up with us. And, and, uh, if your film approves and lines up with our mission statement, then any donations to your film is, is a tax write off. Um, uh, we've done a lot of panels. We did a, an action for, uh, female filmmakers or women filmmakers where they can learn how to work with stunts and stunt coordinators. And cause it's a whole nother world. And basically if the sentence has ever been uttered, women can't do blank, we address that. So women can't do action. Here's our action workshop, right? Women can't do comedy. We're going to focus on that. Women can't do sci-fi. We're going to hook you up with VFX workshop. Like whatever, whatever that statement mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Women can't do blank. Pisses me off. So that's basically what we try to focus on and getting um, women and non-binary filmmakers the, the tape and the copy and the actual footage they need to get themselves a job. Because so often it's said that um, men are hired on potential and women are hired on accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So so I've been in many situations where I've had a resume this long and um, the applicant I'm against has had one credit and that person has gotten, that guy has gotten the job. Now he, you, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, just like we were talking about auditions and there might've been a lot of moving pieces, but there does seem to be a reoccurring theme in that regard in terms of accomplishment versus potential, mm. right? And when the argument that they give me for a job is we're worried you don't know how to direct action, with my background, and then this person's You're background. Like, let me let me show you the scroll of my <laughs> let resume. Let me let me show you the scars. Yeah. No, <laughs> what li- you do is you <laughs> jump up in the air and you kick them in the top of the head on the way down. On the way down, and <laughs> then they'll hire you. <laughs> right. And then this person <laughs> have you learned nothing? And this person has no action experience. You're like, well, something's off there. So that's basically what we're trying to uh, address with the Chimera Project in a mm. bunch of different ways, but more action oriented, giving them the tools they need, giving them the money. Um, because that's really what it comes down to. And so you started this, lead it. I know you do some mentorship through this. Like yeah, I started. I have two founding uh, partners, uh, Shauna Betts and Cheryl Bookout. That's the three of us. And then we have a fantastic board of people who also help and a lot of volunteers mm. on the on the staff. Um, and uh, I, I am co-president, and so I lead a lot of the programs and have organized and created a lot of them mm-hmm. along with you know my partners and the rest of the the organization. And the one we just launched a couple weeks ago. Um, was uh, Casey McKinnon uh, came up with this really cool other way, other version, uh, other way of looking at mentorship. And we were looking, we were talking about the fact that like a lot of mentorship comes from a pre-existing pipeline of relationships, right? So I've worked with this person, I have access to this person, and I can ask this person to be my mentor. But you have to have already gotten to this place to even be able to have access to that person, which means that it automatically leaves out a lot of people who Mm -hmm. are not already in the pre-existing pipeline of how it all works. So Casey came up with this really great idea of how to apply for specific mentorships from people you've never met. So we have six spectacular mentors in directing, uh, composing, um, uh, and uh, VFX. Hmm. Cool. That you can read their bio, see their personal statement, think, 
where our, our values align, I would love to apply for this mentorship. And then you send in your stuff, and then there's a selection committee who will then narrow it down, then there'll be some interviews, and then you'll get paired, basically. It's kind of almost like a matchmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you if you really want to learn com- composition and yeah. music, but you have no interest in stunts, like why would you group all of those together? Yeah, exactly. So you can apply for the specific area that you want and, and, to get mentored. And to people that you wouldn't normally have access to. So right. uh, Bear McCreary, who is our composer, a mentor, is out of this world. Like if you were to look up the stuff that he's composed, it would it would blow your mind, right? Um, and and so the fact that somebody who will have access to him that would never have had, had access to him before is it, we're trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, you cre- um, so you basically create the space for opportunity yeah. if if you do the work. Yes. And how many exactly. people are you do you take That's a into that way of project? Saying it. Um, it's the the mentors have set their limits of how much time they have and how many mentees they can take on and how many hours with each mentee. It's all in their profile, okay. so that the mentee can check them out and see you know where they line up. Um, and then one of our uh, we'll men- put that link uh, to yeah, this oh, uh, in our bio. That's amazing. Please, please, please. We're trying to get as much yeah. the word out Happy to as to. many people as possible. And then one of our mentors for directing. Are you looking for other mentors as well? We will down the line. Okay. Right now we've got these six that we're featured. One of our mentors, Alexis, is a phenomenal director, and she has added just because she's an incredible human being. Anybody who applies for the director mentorships will get a free class with her on mm. the visual style of directing. Mm. Wow. So even if you don't get selected for mentorship, you get you will still get this the class. class with her. And she just added that in. We didn't even ask her to do that. Um, she's awesome. So uh, it's 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 really cool. And oh, um, you just have to you just have to check out who we have because it's yeah it blows my mind. Like we announced the, the mentorship, and then one of our mentors released uh, the trailer for his um, He Man series on Netflix. He uh, superseded his uh, Kickstarter fund for something that he's trying to fund and direct, and. Oh, released a comic book, a, a, a Spider-Man comic book that he had written. Like, the, like these people are just unbelievable, and the fact that they've agreed to come on and be a mentor and and be part of this program is incredible. We're really excited about it. And well, Casey, once you get to that level, Casey. you, I mean, at some point you're like, I got my awards and I got my job. You want to start probably raising up the next generation. You would or think. F- you would think. You would paying, think. Paying it to the next group coming after you, and they are coming. You would think. And these people do, but there's a lot of people who, yeah. who just don't. hang on to it. Yeah, or or they're they're truly slammed. I mean, the thing is, is that like you do get really busy, and it's really hard to know what to prioritize. Um, and uh, and it's also this is a risk, right? This is a new type of program in terms of like it's an unknown entity, and so for them to trust us to find a good match for them is is wonderful, and we wow. really appreciate that. Yeah, paying it forward. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. That doesn't shock me about you though. Yeah, Aww, thanks. And another great thing for your daughter to see. Yeah. You know? It's important. Hey, yeah. she's busy right now. Don't interrupt her. She's working. <laughs> she's got the plastic hammer on the phone thing. I don't know what she's... Every she's time I come over. She's, she's very busy. She's very busy. busy. She's very yeah. busy. Working on her, working on her, her, next, uh, her next LLC. <laughs> My daughter. I have to share this story. I don't know if it'll end up into the podcast, but I just have to share it. Yesterday, I snapped at her. I was in a pissy mood, and I, I, I was like, just sit down and eat your breakfast. And she turns and looks at me and goes, she's four. She turns and looks at me and goes... Mommy, are you okay? <laughs> and I said, no, actually I'm not. I just got an email from someone who at work. Who was re- it was really actually a mean email, and it put me in a bad mood. And she goes, hmm, was it a mean person writing a mean email, or was it a nice person who didn't mean to write a mean email? She's four? She's, She's four? four. She's reading. I mean, I, 
And so, so I in how many languages does she read? <laughs> uh, Spanish and uh, English. Yep. And she speaks Hebrew also. So anyway, so I was, I was, I said, well, actually, it's a nice person who wrote an email who I don't think they thought it was mean. And she goes, hmm, you should talk to them. <laughs> Or you should tell them, is what she said. Oh, can she you be my, should can she be my therapist? <laughs> <laughs> right? How much does she charge an hour? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is her billing. Because, yeah. holy cow, it completely, it completely melted away. Because she was right. She, told, she put it in perspective with one question and gave me an actionable step. So no bad. more questions. Eat your breakfast. I was so, proud of her. Yeah. so she's busy. She's apparently a she's therapist. She's very busy. She's busy. She's yeah. also graduating Stanford next year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> she's already gone through med school yeah. took a take her just yeah, like mom just like mom well as we wrap this up we have started doing a little tradition where we ask all of our guests one question which okay. would be uh it's open-ended but if you hadn't have gone if you hadn't gone into film or maybe made it as a director actor what do you think theoretically you might be doing right now with your life if film hadn't been the thing i think therapy a hmm. therapist I think all of my... I mean, you do that on set for well, people yeah. that need it all the time anyway. Yeah. I mean, that, that is... In part, a good way. That is our job as storytellers, right? Is to, whatever form of storytelling you're doing, whether you're talking to a cinematographer who's saying, well, I really want them to feel down and oppressive in this moment. Mm -hmm. But that in of itself is getting into the psychology of a person. Well, what's going to make them feel down and oppressive visually, right? True. Actors, same thing. Like, well, what's the journey this person has to go on so it feels rewarding at the end? Well, they have to really... I, th I think everything we do is a form of therapy yeah. from a storytelling perspective. And then when Agreed. you deal with all of the artists that we deal with, then it's actual literal therapy. therapy yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I think, I think, I think that's probably where I would go is, is, is therapy. My, my only concern with me being a therapist is I don't think I would be a patient therapist. I think I would be the therapist who'd be uh. like, you've already talked about this 20 times. Do something about it or stop talking to me about it. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would put up with people who, there's this amazing skit with, um, oh my gosh, I just lost his, mind, his name. He's, he's a brilliant comedian. And there's a brilliant skit that he did on Mad TV where this woman comes into therapy and she's complaining about it. And she's, he's like, I've got two words for you. This will solve everything. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? And he goes, that's it. Stop it. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T, stop it. Do you like feeling this way? No, stop it. <laughs> I like this guy already. Do you want to have a happy this relationship a in sketch? your life? Yeah. This is a Mad TV sketch, and it's with a brilliant comedian whose name just went out of my head. It's not Michael McDonald, is it? No. Is he the guy who plays the pool boy? No, it's, it's, a, it's an older actor who's just classic. I can't believe I don't All right, we'll find thing. it. I'll send it to you. Anyway, and he's like, do you want to have a healthy relationship? Yes. So stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. And I love it. And I think that's the therapist I would be. I would just be like, we've talked about this already several times. Stop it. Just stop it. Well, it goes back to you talking to the uh, the actor when you're a director. It's like, well, do you not want to be here? Yeah. Yeah. Then let's, let's fix we can, that. We let's, can change it. Let's fix it. Now, my, my gut opinion is the reason you've had success, not on the technical side, but your ability to manage egos. Yeah. And I've seen you do that well on our sets and others, which I'm just going to assume some of that therapy... Like, it's, it's probably benefited you in more ways than you can probably even right. articulate. I, I really think it has. And, and I, I, the thing that I've had found in it is an interesting challenge. Who's not ready? The director. <laughs> Still remember that line. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm talking I, about. Oh, we'll I leave know. it at that. Oh, I know. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a managing of egos, and I, I do consider that one of my superpowers. And and what's interesting is I, 
there, it, I have found, and I, this is changing, but there is a perception of what a leader looks like in society, and it's because of the movies that's written, right? But the leaders is the voice, is the loud, demanding, takes up space, commanding, doesn't listen to other people. I am the leader kind of personality, right? It, I'm not even talking about gender. Nope, I'm true. just talking about personality, right? right? Um, and I don't think that's the strongest leader you could possibly have. You need a leader that is has a, a singular focus and that has a vision, and but is still able to take in Ted Lasso. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> something more like that. You know, it was so funny. I was on a set recently, and I watched <sighs> a producer Ted Lasso a situation. And I went up to him afterwards, and I was just like, you just Ted Lassoed the hell out of that situation. You're amazing. I'm very, I'm a big he, fan of that and he And he was like, I've never used that as a verb before, but thank you. That's the best compliment <laughs> yeah. you could have ever given me. Ted Lasso is a perfect example of an amazing leader, an amazing leader. And so I have found that when I show up on sets with people who don't know me, there's a lot of uh, pushing and second guessing because I don't do that. You know, I am an outgoing person, but I like to put a room at ease. I like to interact with people. I like to listen first and learn what the dynamics are and the politics are. And I think that scares people a little bit at first because they're used to a different kind of leader, right? Mm -hmm. And then once they actually see me in action, they go, okay, we, she knows what she's doing. She can take care of it and she can handle people, but still move us forward. And her um, favorite is a false icebreaker where there'll be 20 people in a circle. And be like, okay, I'm America. Um, let's everybody uh, give their favorite Disney character. And you could see everybody look around like, oh, God. A room full of adults. Is this really? <laughs> like, we've been here five minutes. I'm just kidding. We're not really going to do that. But the horror on their yeah. face for yeah. a second of like, oh, no, what are we doing? Oh, okay, wait, wait. What kind of fresh hell did Pushed we just walk into? Pushed them away and then you pulled them back in. Right. But then I follow that up with, we will say please to each other. Uh -huh. We will say thank you. And the minute, the second that there is any kind of a bad feeling about anything, we will talk about it. Because this will be fun, and we will enjoy each other. Yeah. And it's already hard, and long hours, yes, and brutal, exactly. and pressure, and stakes, and then you, d you add a bad attitude to that. It just is like insult to injury. Yeah. yeah and then that's all they it? remember is that miserable experience yes. on set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and they're not going to do the rest work. Right. You know, but when, you're, when you lead a situation in which um, people are laughing, but are still serious and focused, because most people do want to do really good at yeah. their job. I think they all want to, yeah. Uh, yeah. You hope that's You the, hope they do. Yeah. I'm sure you run into people who don't. I'm sure that right. happens. But most right. people really do want to do a good job. So if you're allowing them the space to breathe and enjoy themselves, but then also um, come up with ideas and just be like, hey, so what if we did this? And you're like, that is so much better than my idea. Let's do that. Yeah. They go, Really? Yes. And then they keep coming with ideas. And sometimes you're like, no on that one, but please keep them coming. And then you have this, this, you have this, this situation. And I was working on a, a, a show recently and um, I was saying goodbye to everybody on my last day. And the first AD was just laughing. And he said, I don't remember the last time I worked on a show where the crew and cast lined up to say goodbye to a director. Wow. Yeah. And that meant the world to me, you know, because I, that's the kind of environment I want to foster because I think that's how you tell the best stories in the best possible way. Right. Yeah. Obviously, you're there to do a job and you got to get the shot, but yeah. that doesn't mean you have to then also, do, it doesn't demand that you're rude or cold or brutal or all the belittle time. the people. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe when I'm at the helm of a $150 million movie. You're allowed to yell one time. It's fine. We'll get over it. We're <laughs> getting paid. Maybe the stress will get to me. I don't know. Maybe there'll be frustration or, but I, I just. But that's not your typical MO. I, no, you know I, can't, I, mean? I can't imagine a situation in which I would do that. In which I would find that the most effective yeah. way of being, you know. Um, now you see everybody why we like working with and for America. Yeah. 
not the country, the person. Right. Uh, I just right. want to qualify that. Gets, that. that Somebody that might have just tuned in, and yeah. that would be weird. I, I ended up on an overheard LA once. Oh, because really? of your name? Because of my name. Some, it was so funny because a bunch of people sent it to me. I was at a Starbucks and someone was like, what's your name? And I said, America. They're like, oh, it's a great name. This was a couple years ago. And I said, not lately it isn't. No. <laughs> yeah. that's, but that's not the name on your driver's license. I've seen no, your driver's it's, license. No, it's my middle name. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's your first name? Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. Danielle America. Yeah. But I am the third America. And um, because of meeting the third America, we have different first names to avoid confusion. Yeah. Ah, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, so I had a bunch of people send me that. I guess that ended up on Overheard. LA. I thought about having uh, Team America from yeah, the theme song, oh, but yeah. I was like, yeah, that might not, you know, might not get across the right point I was going for. Yeah, maybe not. I kind of want that to play in every room <laughs> I ever enter. When you come up to accept your Oscar speech, that's what I want that's playing what's in the play orchestra, on it. and but, I'll be over there with the orchestral version. Oh my gosh, All so right. good! As long as I can do the flash mob for it. All right, Please. all right, all right. So for. Um, Everyone who is watching us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in on um, Spotify, iTunes, what's the other Google Play, Google Play, Chrome, something. All of it. They're all out there. Please uh, subscribe if you can, because that makes us happy. And like. And like. Go take it away for our egos. <laughs> egos are important. Yeah, <laughs> you need to take care of those egos. A little bit, just a little bit. Anyway, and also weren't they interesting? Didn't they ask good questions? Come on, give them a like. I, I already oh was going to pay you money. You don't have to... Con- <laughs> yes. Wait, I got paid for this? <laughs> you did. I thought I got you the did. water. Five dollars so yeah. that you can do another, another feature film. Oh, hey. By the way, you have to pay for that water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you poker chips. No, seriously. Perfect. Seriously. Just, just Venmo me. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, we've derailed, but we had fun. Uh, check out America's stuff, please. Um, uh, her uh, ChimeaProject.org. Mm-hmm. And then we will also have the handles up, as well as Concessionaires Must Die coming out in a couple June days. June 1st. June 1st. By the time this comes out, it'll be a few days past, but still yeah. check it out. Supporter, oh, liker. And we're doing a screening party for it with Film Threat. When and where? Um, please forgive the plane. We live near an airport. July 25th, I believe. The, the Friday of what would be Comic-Con. Oh, very with, cool. With Film Threat. If, if, you, if you check out any we'll of my social medias and, and stuff. We'll get this done and posted before that yeah, so that we great. can still blast it out for Fantastic. you. Fantastic. All right. Amazing. Um, Thanks, that's America. It. Thank you for coming on our show. We appreciate you. We Thanks, celebrate guys. you. We like you. Hire us. Work with us, please. <laughs> we don't have anything else going on. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a few things going on. All right, everybody. I'll see you next week.